Hi, I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio, and you're listening to another episode of QT, Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. everybody. Welcome to uh, this episode of Queer Teen Podcast. I'm super excited uh, to have my guests introduce themselves and have a conversation what they do and how I found them and everything that's fabulous about their podcast. So go ahead and tell them who you are and what you're a part of. Cool. So hey, everyone. I'm Tevin Sudi. I'm the sound editor and sound designer for the Afroqueer podcast. And uh, the Afroqueer podcast is a podcast about queer Africans living, loving, surviving, and thriving in the African continent and in the diaspora. So we tell stories about uh, the LGBT community here, just kind of trying to show a different side to the LGBTQ experience because most people are used to the negatives being shown and like there are never any happy stories about queer people on the continent. So that's what our podcast aims to change. Yeah. It's a beautiful podcast. I've listened to several episodes and I am blown away by the work that you all are doing over there. Um, Thank you. Because I believe that the work that you do there has a ripple effect and it definitely affects everyone that listens to your podcast around the world. I mean, of course yeah. you might not never, you might not never know all that, but I believe that's true, <laughs> which is why, you know, this is why I think the work that we're doing is very important across the board. Yeah. Um, I, what's, what's, what's your experience been like with the podcast? Um, and getting it to people and having people listen to it and, and the feedback, like, because um, can you just explain a little bit to the listeners about the way things are, um, the way things are over there with being um, okay. queer? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, first, uh, let me just like maybe paint a picture and describe the, Perfect. The place I'm in. So, uh, according to the constitution in Nairobi, Kenya, that is, it is very illegal to be a member of the LGBTQ community. Uh, it's punishable by up to seven years in prison or a fine of some ridiculous amount. So, yeah, it's very hostile towards queer people and things like that. So having a podcast like the Afroqueer podcast helps people see themselves or hear themselves, let me say, hear themselves in stories that are about them, like are about people that look like them, people who are from where they are from. So it kind of gives hope to everyone that people actually do fall in love here. People actually do, you know, go through the same things that every other straight couple goes through. So 
Basically, yeah, it's been quite a challenge kind of trying to distribute the podcast, especially here, because the government uh, is really on our necks trying to censor everything and trying to ban the podcast and all that. So we have to submit the podcast to a government body called the KFCB, Kenya Film Classification Board for Classification. And according to KFCB, such a podcast should not be distributed in Kenya because they've banned so many queer art projects. They've banned films, they've banned interviews, they've banned adverts that have any quote-unquote queer connotations. This the guy who heads the KFCB is the same guy who said that there were two, I don't know whether you are aware or familiar with this story, but sometime last year, there was a time that uh, there were two lions spotted in, in the national park, two male lions, that is. So the head of the KFCB said that the tourists who come from wherever they come and they come to Kenya, they're the ones giving the lions a bad example, which is ridiculous. So he says the, the gay lions got that inspiration from gay tourists who visit the oh park. God. So you can imagine if this is the guy heading the classification board, then no queer content is ever going to be released in the country. But anyway, so far, we're just, uh, the response has been amazing. A lot of people are listening to the podcast in the country, all in the continent. So it's one step at a time. Yeah. I, I, I am truly blown away by this work because I know what it takes. I do work in India um, for the LGBTQ yeah. community. I work with uh, Prince Mavendra Singh Hill. And he's the first openly yeah. gay prince in India. And I was there at a time when I first started working. They still had their law in place that you would be criminalized for being a homosexual in India. Now they've, it's dismantled. It's never again. Um, so yeah. it's opened the country up, obviously, to all, more possibilities for people. They have pride. They have pride parades um, in yeah. Mumbai and other places. But I, for, oh. for a place where you live, uh, is there, are there any places where the law doesn't stand, or is it all of Africa? Uh, okay, so... Uh, I think there's like 34, I know, that do not like homosexuals. But there are other places, right? Yeah, there are countries that have decriminalized... Okay, so uh, as we were coming into, ending into the 90s, early 2000s, I think all African countries had the same law since we were all right. colonized by various European countries and they brought their constitution and imposed it on us. So all, yes. I think all places had that same law. So slowly by slowly, different countries have been decriminalizing uh, the right. homosexuality and that law. Very recently, I think Botswana earlier this year managed to decriminalize homosexuality in their country. We in Kenya actually had a hearing to do that last year, but unfortunately, our judiciary system upheld the law. So uh, people are trying to appeal and kind of try and see where that will go, but I think the fight goes on. Aluta continues every day, so... Yeah, we are. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
it's a great, I mean, it's a great fight, you know, like it's, um, it, there will be transformation and there will be the way I think personally, I think podcasts and social media do help those things because uh, before yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people could get away with a lot of stuff because there was no way of proving it or like really telling the world. Like you mentioned that story about the two male lions, um, that no, that went yeah. viral. I believe I know about, I've heard of that story. <laughs> Um, but before it yeah. wouldn't have done that. Like no one really would have known that. So, um, yeah. or I wouldn't even have known about this podcast if it wasn't for being in the podcast world and social media. And so yeah. it does, it does help even if they try to like ban, cause there are other countries that definitely, um, monitor social media, um, because they're afraid yeah. that they're going to look bad cause they are bad. <laughs> um, yeah. but, so <laughs> So is your team of people for the podcast, uh-huh. are they all living in Africa or are they all over the world? Uh, yes. So the core team all lives in Nairobi, Kenya, that okay. is. Uh, but we have a number of associate producers all over Africa. So sometimes if we are not able to travel to a specific country for a story, then we kind of source an associate producer from there to kind of get for us the recordings and anything that we might need for the episode. And then, yeah, we work with them remotely. But most of the time uh, before this COVID-19 hit, we used right. to travel to the various countries to kind of source the stories. But yeah. Yeah, I find it fascinating. Now, the people that are on your team and like, Whose idea was this to come up with such a power? To me, it's a very powerful um, uh, human statement, but a political statement as well, obviously, because you're getting these yeah. stories out there. Um, who's idea, who came up with all this? So this whole thing was our executive director's idea. Uh, she's Sally Chum. So Sally is... Uh, half American, half Senegalese, and she was raised in America, in Chicago to be specific. So yeah, she she's the one that is, there. She's a host, right? She talks yeah. a lot on the... Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, she's one of the hosts, yeah. yeah. So she was a teacher in Chicago, and uh, that was in like the early 2000s, probably yeah. 2002, 2000, 2004, somewhere there. So one day she's minding her own business, I'm imagining she's minding her own business, teaching or something. And uh, she hears a story about this trans activist who was murdered in Sierra Leone after giving a speech about decriminalizing homosexuality in Sierra Leone. Uh, When she was on her way home from that speech, she was murdered. So this really affected her, Sally now, personally like she felt like if people just had a chance to hear these stories they wouldn't uh, treat these people as less of human beings so she decided to get a microphone she bought a microphone and she uh, bought a ticket to Africa I guess and she came and started uh, recording queer stories and just archiving so many stories and so many stories so she started a company called None on Record Stories of mm-hmm. Queer Africa, and that was now the birthplace. Those archives were the birthplace of the first season of Afroqueer, and so that's where it started. It's so 
And that there was one episode where she, she talks about, like, that journey, like, how she came about it. She didn't think of it. She just did it. Yeah. One, what, what, yeah. what I like to, like, let people know is, like, when, you're, when your mind is set on something, and especially, like, queer yeah. rights, because we're so passionate about it, I don't think we think about, yeah. like, how dangerous it is or, like, who is going to say something. I mean, yeah. I've been called a pedophile on my podcast because of, uh, for teenagers and, like, queer teens that are out and, like, the youngest I have is like a nine and 10 year old trans kid. And people don't quite understand that, but I don't think of, I don't even want to call it repercussions because there isn't any, to me, it's like giving a voice. I don't know. I don't think about it. Like I just do it. It's it's so natural for me to want to do it. I don't, I don't take the time to be like, Oh, well, what if, and what if this, no, if that things happen, then they happen. If people say things, they say things, whatever. Um, Horrible things can happen, but, like, I'm not going to sit there and think about that. I mean, I could get imaginative, of course, but, like, we all do. But I don't know. I, I like what she said about that when she was like, I didn't, I didn't think of it. I just did it. Hello? Oh, no. He went away. I don't know how that happened. I'm going to let him come back. That's funny. I'll just edit out this part. Those are good conversations. <laughs> no. I'm going to wait for you to come back. Yeah. Oh, no. I thought it blinked off, but I'll just wait. He'll come back. There we go. Whoopsie. Hello? Hey. Sorry about go. that. I think my connection today is really bad. Uh, no, no worries. I was literally just rambling on about not thinking of what we're doing. Well, we do think of it, but, like, it's, it's a natural thing to be like, no, this needs to be done. This needs to be heard. You need People need to be heard. Because it's true. The more you talk yeah. about it and educate people. Uh, so, yeah. Go ahead. Because I hear people uh, talk about, like, a calling. You receive a calling to do some kind of work. It sounds, like, very right. divine and stuff like that. But... If you think about it, maybe that's what it actually is because it's yeah. like a purpose that is greater than you are. It's like something bigger that you can believe in and something that, uh-huh. you know, it's just a force that is bigger than yourself. So you don't really think about the consequences or the side effects or like anything that might happen. You are just focused on the main goal and the main cause which you're fighting for. So all these other things just happen and you just, you ignore them and you just keep going. I mean, that's it. Like, you don't, um, that's it. There's no other way of thinking yeah. about it. That's a great way. To, yeah, that's, that's all it is. Maybe that's what the divine calling is and people, like, ha- say they have this moment. And I'm like, you do have a moment, but you kind of, yeah. the moment's so real for you and it's much bigger than you that, like, you kind of just do it, set it up, and yeah. it will come natural to you. It will happen. It will, like, um, so that being said, like, what is life like for you um, with the, the work you're doing with this and, and, and in your life? Like, how do you go about your day and, like, yeah. your life? <laughs> uh, so mostly, okay, I guess for me, I can speak for myself. I don't know about everyone else, but for me, yeah, life is just on the down low, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Like, that's how so many of us survive here. A few who have, like, 
the courage to weather the insults and weather the bullying online and stuff like that. Well, they're out there and they're living and that's their life and good for them. But a few of us are still a bit skeptical and we're still like, "Uh, is it safe? Is it not safe? Like, you don't know, because anyone can really turn on you. it's, It's become like such a money kind of grabbing thing because like let's say you have a dispute with your neighbor or something like that and they know you're queer then the neighbor can just go and report to the police and before you know it you're in or something like that or uh, so many people are subjected to blackmail and stuff like that i have like family members who have been beaten so badly by their parents by their siblings uh, who have been insulted so many times, who have been like just so much abuse that seeing that uh, you just think twice about kind of living your truth. But I guess uh, one day most of us will be able to be at that point, and I'm looking forward to that day because there was even a time I was I had been called for a radio interview. And it was about uh, the LGBT community in Kenya. So I went for the interview and we were discussing and what, what, and the hate on Twitter was just crazy. Like, you wonder, this person's life is not affecting your life in any way. So why would you put in so much energy into all that hatred? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. But anyway, yeah, so that's how we survive here. It's a, it's, um, this is why I tell anyone in the world that I talk to, because I do a lot of traveling and I meet a lot of people and a lot of yeah. people, and it's obviously different for everybody everywhere. Um, but yeah. in terms of like places that have it better than it, like I just tell people it's like you just got to look at the broader picture picture for people like specifically where you live or um a lot of middle eastern countries like pakistan i personally wouldn't want to go there and just you know be myself there are several people that are like very vocal and very out and very like i don't care what you say (laughs) like it's my right to be who i want to be i am who i am like all those things so i but you know you can do your part and any, the point is you can do your part in any way you can um, and then yeah. you feel comfortable. You don't have to be so, like, radical. and Exactly. Um, and that's, yeah, that's exactly how I usually feel. I usually feel like me, like, being a part of the production team of this podcast is my way of kind of, like, doing my part or starting the conversation yeah. because at least now people are having the conversation because before that it was, like, you wouldn't even mention that where people are seated or something like that. So at least now people are starting to have that conversation, whether negatively or positively, at least it's a topic on the table right now. So it starts with a conversation and then we start to debunk the myths and stuff like that. And then soon, I guess, yeah. Yeah, the myths, you know, I mean, a lot of it's because of colonization. You know, they brought their ways, um, European people brought their ways to a lot of these countries, yeah. and, and that's, I mean, like, for India specifically, it was like a 250-year law 
and they finally yeah. got rid of it like three years ago. And then even yeah. like in America, where like uh, a, a, even a black person and a white person couldn't be together, it was against the law because yeah. they just wanted yeah. to control the um, environment. White people wanted to control the environment. I'm very, I am a very vocal yeah. white person in regards to that because especially you've seen the news what's going on in America specifically with everything and COVID and protesting yeah. and the killing of George Floyd and all those different things that are happening and there's uprisings yeah. everywhere, which is great. Um, but it's, uh, people never, people really, they don't talk about the amount of effect yeah. that colonizing has happened in the world <laughs> and like how yeah, it still affects true. people <laughs> and, and minds. It still affects people's minds. Like everyone's like, I want to be myself but you're still using westernized ideal ideas. And so like, yeah. I don't understand, like you want to be your own country, but you're being not a nice person um, in that regard. Yeah. So, yeah. but I think the work that you guys are doing is some of the most powerful work that I've come across in a very long time. Um, yeah. uh, because I, I just, I just listening to some of the, everyone should, everyone that's listening now, you should listen to this podcast. Um, because you just hear it from the actual people's mouths of their experiences, um, living in Africa and being out or being um, somewhat out, um, uh, coming out according to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so do you have a, a, a close group of friends that you trust that are pretty cool? Yes, actually, um, my my direct family, my brothers, my cousins, all of them, I'm out to them, and they're all cool about it. My friends, okay. yeah. So I feel like, okay, from my perspective, from my analysis, it's like there's a big generation gap. So a lot of uh, the young people, the youth that is, they don't really uh, give, like, they don't really put such importance to like your sexuality as the older generation. So the older generation is the ones who are like, it's like this and it's like this and you can do that and you can do this. So yeah, but a lot of us young people, it's, it's like a new wave of, you know, of uh, the, gen- the new generation, the new wave. It's just people who just love for love. Like love is love is love is love for the youth, yeah. that's what I've, I've seen so far. So, yeah, I do have a network of friends who I'm out to, and I do have a lot of queer friends as well, and we we host our own little kikis in our apartments, and oh, we yeah, dance yeah. to the music we love and stuff like that. But, yeah, so we do have ways of kind of expressing ourselves, and, yeah, that's that's what we do. Are there any prides in the country? Or in the in the continent? In, in the continent, yes. We actually have an episode called Gibson in season two that was about mm-hmm. this refugee guy who was chased from his country. He lives in he's from Uganda. So he was chased from his country. He not really chased, he actually had to run away for his life because his neighbor was killed 
because they thought it was him. They sent people to kill him, but the guys, the hitmen, got confused and went and killed the neighbor. So this guy was like, yo, this is my life. I have to flee. So he came to Kenya. Apparently, in Africa, Kenya has less stringent laws about like the LGBTQ community. So a lot of refugees from all over Africa usually run away to Kenya and then the the UNHCR kind of tries to figure out a way to resettle them into countries that are safer for them. So this is like their waiting quote unquote purgatory if you yeah. So this guy came to Kenya and he was sent to Kakuma refugee camp. Now, Kakuma refugee camp is like the grimiest, the dirtiest. The, it's like it's real hard knock life. That's Kakuma refugee camp. So this guy goes there and realizes there's a, like a queer community here. So he decides to plan a pride parade. And he goes about getting the permissions, getting the licenses, everything. But he doesn't really tell the like authorities that this is a pride event. He just does everything so tactfully. But... At the event, of course, the people will realize this is a pride event, and they started stoning them. They started like, uh, like it. It just became such a nasty scene. So this guy had to flee from Kakuma again, came to Nairobi, and it's just that episode is just following his story and how he managed to now. Now he has like three safe houses where he houses other refugees as they wait asylum, uh, to apply for asylum. So he has like over 20, 25 uh, queer refugees under him and he's kind of managing them, he's providing for them, he's sheltering them, giving them food, clothes, everything. So it's such an amazing, inspiring story. This is what I'm talking about, people. This is that's why when you hear when you with these like little minute things with the COVID going on and the masks and all this kind of stuff, it's like you don't when you have a story like that <laughs> and you're, it's just like that's <laughs> what that person's doing. It's so much bigger than him, and that person knows that. That's why they're continuing the work they're doing. And yeah. they have like safe houses and stuff for people to await, you know, ways to get out. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Like, I wish. I mean, I'm doing the, like, I want to do so much more because, like, these stories need to be told. And I know we all, and we can only do so much to get it out. And it is getting out there and stuff, but I just, I needed to connect with you guys in the the best way possible because, um, I know I say it, but, like, to me, that is the ultimate work to make the world a better place and to have people understand things they don't and to really educate. That's why I started the podcast because, you can't have people uh-huh. that aren't a part of a community speak on behalf of that community because they know nothing about it. So like, yeah. they're going to say they the things that they exactly. think they know. Right. And so they're going to say the things they think they know and show you ideas because that's just, because that's just the way propaganda is. Yeah. <laughs> so, and exactly. um, it's interesting. I have a question and I don't know anything about uh-huh. this at all. What, what's the, uh-huh. what is the difference between, Okay, there's obviously the major cities and the countries and stuff, and that's where a lot of people uh-huh. flock to always. But what about, like, yeah. outside of all of that? Uh-huh. Are they, are, like, tribes and anything that's involved that's still really, really, like, out there, um, What what is that like? Now, I know there's 
some dangerous parts, not so dangerous parts, like a lot of places. But like, yeah. what what does that come? How does that play into all of being queer with law? If if I'm I'm not I'm ignorant inside of that. Like I don't know. Yeah. How people are connected <laughs> that way. Yeah. So sense, um, <laughs> if if let me try and paraphrase it to see whether I got the question. So yeah. you're asking I don't think I like the, the culture and the communities uh, yeah. that we have, the, like different subcultures also affect the queer uh, community or culture or something like that. Is that like basically it? He, that's basically it, like because you have major cities like always and then you have the suburbs and then you keep going further out and you have... Um, yeah you have country like major country especially in africa there's a lot of country and land and and you know so what is that like i don't i don't can't imagine like what it's yeah what are those conversations do you have (laughs) yeah i think okay first i want to start by like a lot of uh queer history was erased from our african culture after the colonization happened because a lot of uh what of what we hear is that queerness never existed in africa and this is something that the western people brought and what but whenever we do like our kind of research and stuff we hear about so many instances of queer culture in our history like uh there's a tribe called mudukudako which uh the uh, I don't know how it will sound, but like the most prized uh, person you could marry in that community, the Mudukudako, was an effeminate man. So, on top of even the females, the effeminate men were ranked even higher. And uh, the like instances of people who, like entertainers, who just completely rejected the. Uh, gender binary and they were non-binary and they were like completely accepted by the community so in all like in kenya we have 42 40 44 tribes each of them have their own culture their own language their own everything but for some funny reason all of them hold the same thoughts or the same values when it comes to the LGBT community. And we've been doing our research and kind of trying to get to the bottom of this, and we've found so much queer history underlying in all these communities. So it's either they were kind of trying to sweep it under the rug to kind of try and censor everyone, to make everyone see that this is an African, this is uncouth, this is not ours. and Maybe it it works to some extent, but right now information is readily available for anyone. It's like at the touch of a button, you can get any information you want. So all this information, like the journal, the journals on the internet, there are people doing some research and stuff like that. So yeah, queer culture is very intertwined into the African culture, but for some reason, they're really trying to make it not so. I don't know why maybe to kind of yeah, discourage us, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, people try to put, I mean, it's, I, I know we talk about it, but it is a colonizational thing. It's a thing when 
I don't know if that's a word, but when it was colonized. And I mean, if something was colonized, that was for so long. You know what I mean? And so, like, yeah. you kind of forget. It's the same thing with um, indigenous people over here. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, 72 million of them come from the north down and spread out across the yeah. what was not known as America, which was the original land yeah. for them. And it, they have their third gender, and it was never a thing. It was never – you just had that. And then years and years and years yeah. go by, and white per- people, like, really took over. The Christians came in, faith came in, and, like – and it's so funny how much – I always find it ironic that we're so people that are so like use religion inside of all of this. I think yeah. it's interesting when they yeah. take Jesus, right, and they and they like make yeah. this like whitewashed idea of what something was. And I'm like, well, first of all, Jesus wasn't even white. <laughs> like, he wasn't white. He wasn't. He was Jewish, yeah. and he probably had yeah. very dark skin because he was in the desert. So yeah. it wasn't until people started moving away from the equator. I'm getting into all that historical stuff because I'm a dork like that. But that is what that is <laughs> but, why people that. But that's why that's why you know. Yeah. A lot around the cross. Yeah, same and thing you in even India. brought up. Uh huh. Go ahead. No, I'm saying you brought up a really like uh, powerful point, especially for us here, the religion, because. Uh, it's like a really, especially here, the, the, we ideally, they say the church and the state is separate, but when it comes to the LGBT community, then the church and the state are the same thing. So I don't know why these double standards are there. And then when mm. it comes to religion as well, people kind of tend to take what uh, they need from the Bible. So mm-hmm. they will reject anything that is condemning themselves, but the vast, the small little vast in, is it Deuteronomy or uh, Exodus or something like that? The small little vast that talks about the LGBT community, that's what people magnify and like it's everywhere and that's what people use. But that same Bible and that same chapter, not even any other book, that same chapter says so many other things about so many other people. It says if your son does something bad as a parent, you should cut their hand or something or stone them. Or like, there are so many absurd things that it says as well. So I don't understand why you should take this and leave that because this serves your purpose and this doesn't, you know? Yeah. That's what we do as humans, though. We, like, take the good thing. Well, a lot of people, not everybody, but, like, take the good and, yeah. oh, no, I'm not like that, so that'll never happen. I'm like, yeah, but, like, in retrospect, if we were to go off yeah. of a version of the Bible, because there's so many of them, um, but let's yeah. say, the like, the King James Version, I literally everybody yeah. right now couldn't do anything because, like, <laughs> everything would need to stop and or you'd be stoned and killed. And not to say that people don't get yeah. stoned still. There are countries that still do that and still hang people. And, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. But anyways, so I just I was just curious about that and how all of that intertwines with um, all the different, um, you said there's 44, 44. Yeah, 44 tribes. 44 tribes, that's communities. a lot. Just, where, just in Nairobi? And, and that's just in Kenya. So, uh, Kenya, so yeah, so other, yeah, other countries as well also have their various number of 
communities and stuff like that. So in Kenya, we right. are 44. Yeah. Yeah, and it's because there are... So you can already languages. imagine the divide between people, between the tribe and the Just divide the tribe, yeah. between the LGBT and... And then the queer people are like, but I'm still... Divide yeah. between <laughs> religion. It's like just yeah, a divide yeah. after divide after divide. And then uh, never mind the... the the economical gap in the country and then in the continent was that exactly. thing too. You know, you got all that. Exactly. So yeah. um, who's in power and so forth. So, well, yeah, I think I could talk to you for probably like five hours, uh, which means I probably could <laughs> fly to Africa at some point in my life and, um, and, and meet everybody and do, and do more work because that is part of my goal. Oh, for sure. Can, for sure. You know, it's to really get in there. I, and I was traveling, of course, COVID, Stopped all of us from doing anything, but uh, well, traveling. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, yeah. yeah. But we'll get there again. It'll, cool. it'll, um, you're welcome. It'll... Anytime you're in Kenya, you mm-hmm. <laughs> just uh, come through. Like, Listen, it's uh, on my list. AQ Studios it's on my list. And, yeah. 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 I mean, the goal is I, you know, I really want to get um, as many people uh, involved in the podcast and then connect yeah. with other podcasts. And I I really am very specific in, in, in terms of, like, who I speak to because um, I need yeah. to, I believe there needs to be stronger voices in a lot of compartments, especially in the queer community. Everyone thinks it's this fabulous yeah. place that there's no racism, there's no sexism, homophobia in the community, but I'm like, there's a ton of it in the community as well. Um, yeah. Uh, which is, you know, you don't think, but, like, it's been interesting. Well, in America, it's been interesting too. So right now, with this stuff going on, so. yeah. But uh, I always like my guests to say some words of wisdom and like just leave us with that. Mm-hmm. And then before we yeah. go, um, we'll talk a little bit about uh, possibly getting on the, the Instagram as well. So please just give our yeah. my listeners some words of wisdom from from you to them. Words of wisdom. Wow. A way to put me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I like to do that. It, and then you just say what you passionately <laughs> feel. So. Yeah. I guess uh, I remember when I was in high school, anytime I used to, we used to have these essays and we're writing and stuff. And when I would hit like a creative block, I would just start writing song lyrics. <laughs> So I guess I would have to dig deep into my song lyrics library and say, like, uh, I guess the one that jumps straight into my mind, I was in high school at the time where Lady Gaga was releasing Born This Way, and that was such an anthem for, for me and my friends and for everyone that I knew who was queer. Like, we used to... After everyone is asleep, because I went to a boarding school, after everyone is asleep, uh, we would wake up, uh, go to the dining hall, and then we would all just sing that song like 17 times back to back to back. So you're beautiful in a way, because God makes no mistakes. You're on the right track. Maybe you were born this way. <laughs> Those yeah. are my that, uh, that is probably one of the most unique words of wisdom and see you get to think about your high school and your friends and see what it, see what it does it just brings things good things up hopefully and it did for you so yeah fantastic. um yeah. thank you so much for jumping on uh 
today. I really appreciate it. I'm going to tell everybody. Can you just tell everybody where to find um, Afroqueer? So Afroqueer Podcast, anywhere you get your podcast. That's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, everywhere you get your podcasts. Just search for Afroqueer Podcasts. We are on our Season 3 currently, ongoing. Episode 2 of Season 3 just released yesterday. So yeah, go and binge the ones you haven't binged and catch up. That was a great conversation. I hope you all enjoyed it. We just have to know about everybody in the world to understand how things are. It's not the same everywhere. Um, But one thing that is the same is that, um, specifically in the queer community, is that they really do come together and they really just want, all of us want to be seen just as like all humans. But uh, Tevin is an amazing human being. The whole podcast is amazing. Please listen to Afroqueer. also, I just want to correct myself. I said uh, third gender for the indigenous people of here, but really they call it the two-spirit. That's just another way of saying it. Also, of course, I want to thank um, my producers, Jose de la Cuesta and Michael J. Borgowski. Um, and yeah, and just a reminder, I am looking for my queer youth talent for my Next season coming up this fall, it's all about queer artists. So please, please, please keep an eye out and email me at queerteenpodcast at gmail.com or you can direct message me on Queer Teen Podcast on Facebook or Queer Teen Podcast on Instagram. And I'm your host, Anthony Giorgio. Thank you for listening to another episode of Queer Teen Podcast, encouraging the next generation of queer youth from across the world to stand up for what's right. And remember, listen, learn, love.